Buckets Podcast, the official podcast for Briarcliff University Basketball. My name is Matt Gall, and I'm joined here, as always, by uh, head coach Mark Sfigera. And uh, we tried to record this a couple weeks ago, but had some severe technical difficulties, which I will take responsibility for. Uh, the old uh, old faithful here, the surface that we usually record these on, uh, was missing in action. But it has been located, and so we're giving this another try and uh, we'll see how things go. So we're up here in the basketball offices up at uh, Briarcliff in the Newman Flanagan Center. I've gone through all of the proper COVID protocols. I sent the text that coach sent me uh, to fill out the little survey. I wore a mask. So uh, things, are, things are working, although things look a little different. And coach, as you know, the season last year ended a little different. Everything in between now and then and, and has been a lot different. Um, so I guess why don't we just uh, jump into it? How have you been? And uh, what has the COVID offseason looked like in the Briarcliff basketball program? Wow, there's like 10 things to go go through here, Matt. Um, first of all, great to be back. Season three delayed a, a week or so because of your screw up. Um, and I'm disappointed that you, you fessed up because I was going to call you out to start season three. But, um, you know, sometimes you just got to you got to fess up yourself. So, you know, in, in today's current social and political climate, let's just come together on this and, uh, <laughs> and move on and let's solve problems, not make more of them. How about that deal? So. So, yeah, I tell you what, it's been a it's been an interesting six months, to say the least. Um, you know, everybody's been affected by this not to make light of other people but you know from a sports and and basketball in particular standpoint it's just been different i I don't know what better way to put it um our entire off season was flipped on end with our team from a recruiting standpoint and so it's just you've had to try to adjust on the fly get creative especially in recruiting but also in just communicating with your players and getting them workouts to do and all that and so I was actually at the NAI national tournament um, I was working there on the coaches committee and it was pretty wild just to be there and I, I certainly wasn't involved in any the decision making but I was kind of on the periphery of it and we went from Wednesday night we have a parade of you know probably 800 people out on the floor at the pentagon to two hours later we're limiting fans to 250 the next day to 12 hours later the tournament's canceled and it's done and it's it i tell you what it was a a sobering couple hours for me just to as coaches we had to tell other coaches hey your season's over you're not even going to get to play or hey you won a game already but you're done this tournament's over and you know i mean that's hard i i I'm glad I didn't have to be a part of that. Certainly wish we would have been there. But at the same time, I think it's really hard to end a season with no closure whatsoever. And so, you know, you really felt bad for the teams and the coaches involved in that situation. And, and right then it was so early, I don't think I realized exactly what this was going to look like. or And I probably nobody did, but I, I just – it's like, man, this is going to be a weird couple of weeks here as this passes by. And obviously that's not been the case. And, you know, pretty soon after that, we went to working remotely um, in the athletic department and our kids were home because they were they were online for the rest of the semester. And so we never got to have 
like our end of season meeting. We hadn't done that yet. We were going to do it after spring break. Um, and so we had to do that virtually and just one-on-one -on -one player meetings that I always have at the end of a season. I did those virtually and that's just different. And it, it, it worked out well. I think our guys did a pretty good job of adjusting to it, both from a basketball standpoint, but also academically. I don't think that's easy to just middle of a semester hey, everything's going to be online, but, you know, our guys did a really good job in the classroom. Our team GPA last year was just under 3.5. Um, we got some smart dudes. That doesn't come from the coaches, but that's, uh, that's just having smart dudes on the team. But, uh, you know, we talked to them about in that springtime in particular the fact that when, when things start to subside a little bit and things start to get a little back to normal and we're back on campus and we're back to practice – it's going to be really easy to see what players um, and then in the bigger picture what teams took advantage of the time they had, even if it wasn't ideal circumstances. And I, I was really pleased as we came back to school and started doing some workouts with the guys that I, I think the majority of our guys use that time to get better. And I don't think you can ever replicate by yourself or in small groups what you're going to do with a whole team and the coaches there coaching. Uh, but we had some guys, I think, really made some great strides. And, you know, that gives me a lot of optimism as we head into the season because I, I like a lot of the pieces we have coming back and, and some of the guys we're adding in. And, I mean, at this point now, we are two full weeks into practice for the season. We had a scrimmage yesterday. Uh, we play our first game three weeks from yesterday. And so, I mean, it's the season is upon us uh, very shortly here. But, uh, yeah, the offseason, it just, you know, a lot of times July, Coach Forbes and I would spend a lot of time out on the road recruiting at AAU events, team camps. Um, we'd bring a lot of kids to campus to, to visit or just to play some open gym with our guys and get a feel for, for what we're about. And so all of that was, was thrown out. And so trying to do some recruiting virtually, it's, it's just not the same. It's not ideal. Now, fortunately, in the last – month we've started to have on-campus visits at Briarcliff you know where visitors go through the protocols and all that but it's been great just to have have some recruits on campus again and and just a little sense of normalcy and so yeah it, it's been strange um, but fortunately I think our school's done a really good job of you know putting procedures and protocols in place um, I think our conference has done a good job in terms of the pro protocols we have, the way we've scheduled things. Um, as of now, our schedule is on as scheduled. Um, within the next three weeks, I still think there's a chance that that's going to change. You know, there might be some minor tweaks here and there where we have to drop a game or two. Uh, maybe some, some GPAC games could potentially get shuffled around as, we, as we've learned from the fall sports with postponements that maybe we need some open dates here and there to leave for, for postponement games. But uh, we are planning on playing on October 24th, and that's, after the last six months, really, really exciting. And like I said, I, I think our guys have done a great job in practice here over the first two weeks. So that's a really, really long answer to about four questions you asked, Matt, and I feel like I've talked for 20 minutes straight, but uh, it's been a long time. Yeah, well, and it's, it's great to be just talking about some kind of normalcy again, talking about an upcoming season, and like you said, you know, as of now, it seems like everything's uh, gonna gonna go as as planned. But of course, as we know, 
that could change overnight, but all you can do is prepare for what you already know. And what you know is that, like you said, in three weeks, games are going again. So, you know, I wanted to ask just kind of real big picture talking about basketball, not COVID so much, you know, not to dwell on last season much, but, you know, record wise, things were, were down a little bit in terms of, uh, I think what, um, your program's expectations probably are certainly down a little bit from where things have been win-loss wise in the last few years. But that said, um, you know, you played in a lot of competitive games. You won some big games towards the end of the season. Um, there was a stretch there where I think it was Mount Marty, Morningside, Dakota Wesley, and Jamestown shortly after. Um, all big wins towards the end of the season to, to carry some momentum. So I guess, um, you know, and, and we'll look at the roster probably next week or the week after we'll get into some of the specifics, but just big picture wise, you know, what sorts of things, if anything, do you take from last season? Is it attention to detail type stuff? Is it anything with the schemes that you run? What sorts of things do you think you'll take away from last season? If anything, to help propel you into this season? Well, I think first from a big picture standpoint, I think there's some individual players that should come into this season with a lot of confidence because of the way they individually ended last season. Um, and we'll talk about the roster, and I'll, I'll highlight some of those guys um, in a future episode. But I think from a team standpoint, yeah, we can say, yeah, we had some big wins, and we did, no doubt. And I, I was really proud of the way the guys played down the stretch. You know, if you look at our season, it was had a really good November had a not good December, not good January, and a pretty good February. And, um, you know, so, yeah, we had some big wins in there. But the reality is this year's team's going to be a different team. There's different people. Uh, we lost four guys off last year's team. And so to say, like, hey, this could propel you, maybe. But I just – I think it's unrealistic. I think we have to take the mentality of we need to move forward. And last year's over. And, and had, had we had a – more successful season I'd say the same thing and I you know I've said that every year with our guys we're not gonna dwell on the past regardless of what that is we have to live in the here and the now and we have to do everything we can to give ourselves the best chance to be the best team we can be this year you know but I I, I am encouraged by like I said we're, we're two weeks into practice I'm encouraged so far just really really high energy group um, our practices for the most part have been very good uh, very competitive, which that's something that's really important to me, and it's it's something that I believe has been a big part of the success of our program is that we've had depth of talent to where our second team every every day is very capable of beating our top team, and that that's really good for us um, to have that happen. And I think you know you asked about philosophies, schemes, all that stuff. I think the biggest thing that as a coaching staff we really hit on this off season was we have to find a way to be better defensively. And that's, you know, ultimately that falls on me. So we, we've really changed some things up from a schematic standpoint. And I'm not going to bore you with the X's and O's of, of some of the defensive changes we've made. But the reality is last year across the NEI, we were fifth in the country in offensive efficiency and something like 208th in defensive efficiency. And, you know, if you want to pinpoint something that, that hurt us last year that's it right there you know and and I think a second to that would just be a little bit of inconsistency and so our goals are going to be we have to get better defensively and and not saying we need to be the best defensive team in the country because we probably won't be 
but we need to be better than what we were. We need to be more consistent across the board on both sides of the ball. Um, but I, I've been encouraged so far. We, you know, a lot of times early season practices, the old guys know most of what you're doing. The new guys are slowly learning. Um, this year, it's it's been a lot of learning from the top down on the defensive side because we've made some pretty drastic changes. Um, and so I've been really encouraged to how our guys have responded. Um, I mentioned we played a scrimmage yesterday, and, and I think those early season scrimmages are always good because it exposes some things. Um, you know, there may be a flaw or two to a couple things we're doing that was exposed that we need to tweak or adjust. Um, but that's really good. We can watch that film and, and break it down with the players. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good so far. But that's, you know, going off last year, those are the kind of focal points we need to get better at. Well, and speaking of changes, uh, the, the uh, bench is going to look a little bit different uh, this season in terms of your coaching staff. Uh, so we had some departures and we had some additions, uh, some new faces, familiar faces. Why don't you just talk a little bit about uh, who's joining the coaching staff this year? Yeah, so I'm actually going to backtrack and I'm going to talk about who's not on the coaching staff. And I think the maybe most surprising one is Coach Ron Schultz has officially retired from coaching at Briarcliff after 38 years on the bench, but four as a player. So you know, 42 of the 54 years of our program, he's been a part of it. So that's obviously a big departure and, you know, something that his experience, his wisdom, his even keeledness was invaluable for me as a head coach. But I also think that Coach Schultz earned the right to be done when he wanted to be, be done. And so he's still been around a little bit. He's been to a couple practices to watch from the second level. But uh, so he, Coach Schultz is no longer with us on the coaching staff. Uh, Coach Eric Erdman, who was our grad assistant last year, actually made a career change and is no longer in coaching, still in town, but no longer in coaching. Um, so we had an open GA position this offseason. And then Austin Leffler, another of our former players who's, who's been on our bench the last couple years, is a teacher in town and in the final year of his master's program. And he's kind of swamped between work and that. And so I just don't think he had the time this year. I'm hoping – you know, in the future, he'll be back with us because he, he did a really good job. But uh, so those, those three guys are all gone. And then in their place, we have a couple new additions. Um, hired a new graduate assistant. His name's Demetrius Martin. Comes to us from, from Waldorf College. He was an NAI All-American a year ago. Um, really good player. Very knowledgeable about the game. And, and he's been here for a couple weeks now and, and done a really good job. I think he, he's very eager to learn. I think he's going to be really good with our guys and in workouts and on the floor and all those things. So we're excited to have him join us. And then uh, we added another former player and a familiar name and Shane Graves to our staff. Shane had been living in Denver the last couple of years and recently moved back to town. And he and I got to talking one day and kind of just came up with this plan that he was going to help us out whenever he could, um, when his job allowed it. And so especially for our guards and our point guards in particular, having a guy like that, um, on staff that is our all-time assist leader. You know, he was a winner. He's a 1,300-point scorer. He's got a lot of knowledge to offer those guys. And so, you know, it's always hard to see guys leave the staff, um, especially all three of those guys are alums of the program. But at the same time, adding new people is always exciting too. And, and I'm really excited about the staff we have this year. And, and, and obviously, Coach Forbes is back, and, and he does a phenomenal job. He coordinates a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff that 
you don't see on game day, but uh, Coach Forbes makes my life easier pretty much every day. So um, we're excited about our staff this year, no doubt. So probably be a better question for Coach Schultz, but I mean, what are what are the odds he can sit still during one of those games and not try to get involved some way, yelling something down to the bench from the gold seats or wherever he's sitting? Well, I'm gonna tell you this, Matt. I know where he's sitting. He's sitting right behind our bench, first row of the gold seats. And our first home game, the first time he yells for the refs to call a three seconds or a hand check, I'm just going to turn around and laugh at him, I think. <laughs> so I, I think he'll be fine. I think he's going to enjoy the games. I think he'll be intense as a fan. But uh, I, I don't think he's going to be squirming in his seat. I think he's going to sit back, relax, and enjoy it. Um, but uh, he's still going to get some shots in at the officials, no doubt. Yeah, well, good for him. He deserves that. And uh, uh, folks can still look forward to seeing him around, probably at every game, I would imagine. So uh, going back to Coach Forbes, as I understand it, the two of you have had a little bit of a competition going on this summer on the golf course or various golf courses throughout Siouxland. Uh, fill us in. What's going on there? Well, Do you have a record? It's, it, well, it's, it's more than golf, Matt. So – um, early in the quarantine period, as the weather started to get nice, which took way too long, by the way, but as it started to get nice, we started playing a lot of Frisbee golf and figured, you know what, that's a great social distancing activity. Then that kind of turned into we started playing tennis a lot. And then about mid-July, we started playing golf a ton. So I'm going to conservatively – estimate that my winning percentage against coach Forbes from March on is in the seventies somewhere. Um, I don't think he ever beat me in Frisbee golf. Tennis was very competitive. Uh, golf's been pretty competitive. I think the last few times we played, I beat him by one stroke every time though. So I, I, I let him know about it. Um, we're both very competitive to say the least, both a little bit hothead at some times and both of us at the other one struggling is going to let them know about it. So, yeah, that's what it's been. I wish Coach was in the office right now because he'd, he'd try to get a rebuttal in. But my guess is my winning percentage is about 72% in the last six months against Coach Forbes. Well, and there's some room, it looks like, over on the little shrine that he set up for himself here in the very newly renovated coach's offices. And um, first of all, you guys did most of the work in here yourselves, I believe. Uh, looks great. But I see that Coach Forbes dedicated – most of his space to coach Forbes himself with all of his various plaques and awards and coffee mugs that he's collected throughout the years. So it uh, looks like he'll never forget just exactly how, uh, how talented and decorated he is. Well, yeah. And so, you know, speaking of the office, uh, we, we were fortunate. We had some, some boosters and alums who, who donated money to the program for us to do this. And it's not actually complete yet, as you see it, Matt. We've got some new furniture coming uh, that's been on back order. So it's going to be – it could be mid-season, to be honest with you. But it's it's going to look really, really nice in here. But we did a new floor. We put – or we painted the walls, put a new TV up. We did, we did a lot of work. And our facilities director, Nate Trinan, was instrumental in that because he has all the tools and he's way more handy than, than myself or Coach Ford. But we did do it ourselves. And so it, it turned out really well. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback from recruits and their families, from our players. Um, and it's, as you know, it's a really awesome setting for an office. And it was just, it was just time to, to make some, some changes. It, 
kind of been the same setup, same same carpet for 20 years, and it was time. But, uh, yeah, we had this little bookshelf that we were going to get rid of. And Coach Forbes says, well, hey, I've, I've got some stuff I can put on there if, if we don't want to get rid of it. Um, and it's actually covering a minor, minor imperfection in some oh. detail work, which is great. <laughs> and so I came in the next day, and it was literally – the shrine to Brian Forbes' <laughs> basketball career. I mean, plaques, trophies, rings, pitchers. Um, so our guys have taken note of that, and he's taking a little crap for it, as he should. To be fair, those were some, some very uh, fun years in the Briarcliff basketball program. But, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. So I, I, I said something once, but at the same time, and you look back 15, 16, 16, 17, 14, 15. No, that, you're right. I mean, that was a really fun stretch we had there with that core group of guys. So um, I don't make fun of him too much for it. I always point it out when new people come in the office. So uh, we'll keep talking basketball next week. Uh, like you said, we'll get into the roster, uh, talk about the new guys, talk about returners, all that sort of thing. Um, so we'll kind of leave it there. But – uh, we need to uh, we need to get into our starting five, and this is something that we picked up last year as a segment, and it's something we're going to carry over into every episode this year. So uh, for this week's starting five, I thought what we would do is since a lot of vacations and stuff like that were put on hold this year due to COVID, uh, you know, my wife and I were looking through the photo albums, uh, remembering a more simpler time when we could leave town and do something fun with the family. So I figured what we'd talk about for our starting five list this week is the starting five uh, destinations or places to visit. And this can be a vacation destination. It can be your grandma's house if that's just a place you like to go. Uh, I figured we'd leave this very open-ended. Uh, but, again, the starting five in terms of uh, places you like to visit. So I'm just going to start with mine real quick um, just because I have them written down here, and I, and I gave you very little notice about this, so I'll give you a few more seconds here to think about it. But a uh, couple come to mind. Uh, one, the Rocky Mountains in the winter, skiing up at, like, Breckenridge and Keystone, that area. Nothing better when it's snowing and it's, like, 40 degrees, snowing, lights are on. I mean, it's just the most beautiful. You're shaking your head. So I, I, Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to start the year commenting on your starting fives, Matt, but, I mean – Skiing, winter, not my thing. Oh, nothing better. More, more power to you. Nothing better walking downtown Breckenridge. The, one of the bars has a little fire. Uh, I forget what it's called, but one of the bars that we go to when we're there has a little fireplace outside or a fire pit. and Oh, nothing better. So that's my first one. Uh, second, we've talked about Vegas a lot on this, on this show, but that's a town that just keeps calling me back. Um, so I have to put that on there because that's a destination that uh, – you know, you can basically find anything you want to do out there. Um, I put Decorah, Iowa on my list. Uh, if you haven't been to Decorah, Iowa. Yeah, well, I used to recruit. I was an admissions counselor at Briarcliff. So every year there was a college fair at Luther College up in Decorah. And if you haven't been to the northeast corner of the state of Iowa, it's it's gorgeous. Uh, a lot of bluffs and cliffs. And this time of year, especially with the leaves turning, uh, I'm sure it's just uh, beautiful out there. So if you ever up on Interstate 90 going through Minnesota, take a trip south and, and duck through Decor. Really cool town, a lot of cool little coffee shops and stores and stuff like that. Um, I put Disney World on here, happiest place on earth. Um, it really is. If you go into it with the right mindset, it's a great place to visit. If you hate being around people, uh, it's a nightmare to visit. So I'll just put that caveat in there. And then uh, for the last one, this is the, the coolest place I've ever visited in my life. 
It's called Point Doom State Beach. It's in uh, Malibu in California. My wife and I were out there for a work thing a few years ago. So we got up real early Sunday morning, drove up the coast to Point Doom. We had heard it was in it was like a famous uh destination for like movie scenes and stuff like that if you've seen uh, planet of the apes at the end where the statue of liberty so if you've seen that movie never seen it sorry matt well charlton heston at the end sees the statue of liberty sticking out of the ground next to this cliff in the ocean uh and that's point doom so anyway we get there no one's out there there's whales swimming like 50 yards off the beach dolphins uh sea lions you walk up these hiking trails and you're right in malibu so there's all these huge houses over looking the bluffs it was about 60 degrees just it was it was awesome so that's the favorite my favorite place i've ever been to so those are my starting five all right so i i'm gonna go maybe a tad more detailed um than what you did matt but i'm gonna say you know you always have to start your team if you don't have a good point guard you're in big trouble yep. so my my point guard for this is the great wall of china oh wow it's okay. it's the most impressive thing i've ever seen in my life i don't think anything's ever going to top it um I had a chance right before I came to Briarcliff actually I coached at Dickinson State University and we took our team on a 10-day trip to China uh back in would have been 2011 and it I mean just everything about it was awesome but seeing the Great Wall of China and you know it's 5,000 plus years old and the the craftsmanship that went into it and the strategery that went into it you know we were in a mountain pass so if you wanted to climb the wall, you were going straight up mm -hmm. in either direction. And uh, the, the craziest thing was the steps are not cut even. And so they use that as a defense tactic. So if an enemy got onto the wall, they oh, couldn't yeah. get in a rhythm. Right. Well, if you're trying to climb the wall, more importantly, if you're trying to come down the wall, you better pay <laughs> attention. You're going to tumble and you're going to roll for a while. Right. But it, I, it, it was unbelievable. So that's, that's our starting point guard. Our, our shooting guard... You know, sometimes shooting card can be a little bit of a wild card. Flanagan Center on a Wednesday night home game. Oh yeah, that's not a it's not a oh, it's not a vacation the, thing. Smell popcorn right now. But uh, you've got the smell of popcorn in the gym. Wednesday night's gonna be a big time crowd. Probably a big rivalry game. That's hard to beat. On the wings, we're gonna go Arlington Cemetery, outside of D.C. If you've never seen the changing of the guard at Arlington National Cemetery, it is well worth it. Um, it's just it's hard to put into words what that's about. Um, our other wing, I'm just going to say the city of Chicago. Uh, this, this is the one that I'm not going to be detailed. I, I love Chicago. Been there multiple times. Uh, ran the Chicago Marathon there three years ago. Um, love Chicago. My wife and I have been there a bunch. And it's, it's just a great place. And then our starting center for places to visit is Kinnick Stadium on a September Saturday oh, for a Hawkeye man. football game. Now, now I, I, I smell up. Now I smell uh, turkey legs. Yeah, you screwed up not having that in there, Matt. But um, I can remember the first time I went, I think I was 13 years old with my grandpa. And every time I've been, it's just, it's just an unbelievable experience. So there you go. Starting five, places to be. And – Hopefully we have a lot of people that uh, see our first wing this basketball season. I hope so, yeah. Uh, starting just in a few weeks here. So uh, that is the starting five for the week. If you have some ideas on what you would like to hear Coach Figueroa's starting five on, uh, send those in along with any listener questions. 
Uh, we can be reached at bcbucketspodcast at gmail.com if you want to send them via email. Uh, otherwise, you can find us on Twitter at, at bcbucketscast. Or if you have Coach's number uh, and you want to shoot him a text with uh, starting five idea, listener questions, anything like that, uh, we'd love to hear from you. So that's that's a fun part of this is getting to interact a little bit with our listeners. So, uh, And I'm we're lining up some guests for future episodes too. So there's more to come, certainly with uh, BC Buckets. But like I said earlier, it's our third season, Coach. Uh, BC Buckets is going strong. The start is just kind of a crazy little idea that uh, UI Nick Nelson came up with at a lunch one time. I think yeah, Jared Bodemer was there. Yeah, Jared was there too. And I, I remember thinking, like, this is going to be awesome. But also when we put the first one out, like, holy crap, I hope somebody listens to this, like yeah. outside of my immediate family. I hope somebody listens to this. And, and we, we've, you know, through two years, we've had a pretty good following. And, 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 you know, so we appreciate the people that tune in and listen. And obviously we get off topic quite a bit, but, you know, hopefully it's a good insight for a lot of people into our basketball program, especially as we're here nearing the start to another season. There you go. So get those uh, questions, comments, and ideas into us. Uh, with that, we're going to close things out here with our shout-outs. And uh, I'm going to start here um, giving a shout-out to a, uh, a very popular guest on the podcast, Jay Wright, a former coach with the program who was just recently announced as the new head uh, girls coach for Helan basketball, Bishop Helan High School basketball. So congratulations to uh, Coach Wright. And then another shout-out to our own Coach Figuera here who made his uh, football color commentary broadcast debut last week against uh, Concordia. So uh, I'm, I think, uh, you know, I'm sure there were tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of listeners out there. So I'm sure you've already gotten all kinds I of I don't think I'm going to be making a career change anytime no? soon, okay. Matt. Unfortunately, we had a little bit of technical difficulties and the audio was not working for a time, but uh, it was a fun, fun, fun thing to do. I love football. I love supporting, you know, other Briarcliff programs and, and Justin Barker does a really good job on the radio. And I just tried to stay out of his way for most of it and 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 throw a comment in here and there, here, here or there. But uh, it was it was a fun time. I'll probably be doing it again at some point. Um, and hey, my shout out just I'm giving a shout out to all the players in our program. You know, the last six months for them has been less than ideal from going to online classes and not being able to work out together, not being around each other every day. And we talk, we talk to the guys we recruit a lot about how important the players you're going to be around on a day-to-day -day basis are in making a decision on where you want to go because that's the fun part of college. That's what you remember, the relationships you build, the time you spend together. And that was taken away from our guys. And I also said, you know – We've had some guys that did a great job of making themselves better basketball players in that time. And, and so really proud of the way they've handled things and, and even the approach they've had to start the year this season. You know, we, we talk all the time about let's control what we can control. We can't control what happens with COVID. We can't control how many people are going to be in the stands. We can't control if a game is going to get canceled. But let's, let's control what we can control and, and make the best of every situation we're in. So shout out to you guys. There you have it. Uh, like I said, next week we'll dive into the roster a little bit more in detail and, and maybe start looking at the schedule, although we're still a few weeks out from that. So uh, more to come, certainly. But on behalf of Coach Figuera, my name's Matt. Uh, thanks to everybody who's listening. Get those listener questions in, and we will talk to you next week.